you are as holy as St. Francis, that's probably all you got to do. But if you're like me and you're not quite there yet, you might have to do some skills building along the way. Amen. If you work for the Catholic Church and want to avoid burnout, overcome team dysfunctions, and put more souls in the pews, we're here to help. I'm your host, John Kahns, here with my co-host, Tai Hua, and we're providing leadership development for Catholic ministry professionals just like you. So let's get started. Hi, Tai. Hey, John. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Hey, <laughs> this is our same to in- you. Thank you. This is our initial, like our inaugural episode. And what I thought would be a lot of fun today, what we thought would be good for you, our listeners, is just to talk a little bit about our motivations behind the podcast, what our hopes are for, uh, what we hope ultimately that you'll get out of it. And so I'd like to invite you, Ty, let's just shoot it right out there. Why are you doing this? I think when you take a look at where we're at and the projection of the domestic church, we really need help. I mean, putting it bluntly, there is numerous factors that are attacking our church, big church, Catholic church, as well as the d- domestic church, the smaller D, um, if you will. So I'm doing this because I feel like there is a need out there and a lot of people don't know how to ask for help. So here we are. Absolutely. Uh, for me... Uh, th- this has been a desire of mine for a while to have a podcast on this topic. I've, I've worked in the church for um, over 10 years now, almost 15 years. And one of the things that, that has always struck me is the level of frustration that's experienced in church professionals. Um, and my wife pointed this out to me one time. She's like, I don't understand why whenever it seems like, you know, we get together with other church professionals, all of a sudden... You guys, instead of talking about all the good things that are going on, you default to the things that frustrate you in your work. And she's like, you work for Jesus. You know, shouldn't you be excited? Shouldn't you be hopped up and like just flying high on that carpet? And I said, well, we talked about it for a little bit, but it did strike me. It stuck with me. I was like, why Why do we encounter a lot of this negativity? Um, and for me, I, I remember being at a point where I was really frustrated, uh, but then deciding that, well, if I couldn't change the things, or if I couldn't convince other people to change the things that they should do better, the least I can do, right, that, that God deserves from me and my ministry is to become the best professional that I can, to affect the greatest change that I can, and hopefully to begin to begin pro- propelling the culture of my parish forward the way that, that we need to, so that we can be a better help to the domestic church, so that we can put more souls in the pew, so that I feel like that I'm doing the most efficient, uh, most effective ministry that I can, um, that I'm doing justice to the name of Jesus in which I preach. And and that was a big desire for me. Uh, starting this podcast, it's been a desire of mine just, just to work with professionals. And and what I found is that there were three main areas, right? Three main main pieces that that if I really intentionally focused on that brought a lot of good. It brought a lot of truth to the surface. It allowed us to move forward as a parish. Um, and so I, I think maybe let's talk a little bit about the framework that we're working with here, Ty. Yeah. One thing I will add, John, I was that guy that always complained, looked at the negativity. I, and I still am. <laughs> why can't we do this or that? It's like, okay, calm down. You're, you're baby Catholic. 
You're a baby catechist. Slow down. I've been here 30 years. That's not how it works. So I get it. Um, the natural inclination is like, well, I want to be like Ethel over here, who's been here for 30 years, helping build up the church. So she's complaining. It must be okay. So, yeah, let's get into the framework. Yeah, absolutely. And a follow-up to that, right? Uh, one thing I want to make sure that that I speak into, um, and personally, I, I want to make sure um, a lot of frustrations for people who work in professional ministry is a perceived lack in their pastor. It, 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 can I say that? Is that fair? Um, not, not that there's anything necessarily wrong with their pastors, but sometimes we have these projected expectations of how they should be or behave in these settings, right? especially working in a parish. Um, and I think it's a lot, it can be easy for parishioners too to say, why is Father always late for meetings? Or why does he do this? Or why does he do that? And and lacking the context for that. And my, my goal is not that it would ever become a situation where we're ragging on our priests, but rather that we're, we're looking at ourselves and how we can become better partners in the mission of the church, how we can become better co-workers in the vineyard. Uh, the USCCB came out with this great document a while ago, and, and it really emphasizes the partnership that exists between the pastor as, as the head of, of the local church, right? The pastor um, in partnership with those lay people who are called to minister in the church specifically, that it should be a really fruitful um, a really fruitful partnership there. And so I, I don't want any time that they were maybe talking or, you know, I'm going to share stories as we get into this podcast and into further episodes. And I really want to make sure that that's not my tendency or that's not the way we go is that it's just pastor blaming. And if they could do this better, no, this is really an exercise in, in us looking at ourselves, right? Whether you're our professional uh, minister who works for the church, who's employed and paid by the church, or if you're just a, a serial uh, volunteer, right, that, that continues to show up, that this is really a reflection on the self. How can I become a better servant in my church? And so entering into this framework, we're going to talk about how anybody, no matter what your role is in the parish, right, you don't have to be the pastor. No matter what your role is, you can lead change in your church, even if you're not in charge. And that's by leaning into Jesus Christ and, and some of the gifts that he's given you, and then being willing to do the work to become better as a professional, as a professional volunteer, whatever it might be. So the framework, looking at the framework, we have three pillars that we've kind of identified that can help anybody to become that change in their parish. They can become that that voice that helps to lead the culture, that guides people closer to Jesus Christ. And those three pillars are better conversations, right? We need to have better conversations. Um, we need to, and, and the way we kind of split that out is in discernment. Right, your conversation between you and God needs to be on point. It needs to be very intentional, and it needs to be focused at clinging to the Lord Jesus Christ and allowing Him to lead your ministry. The next one is vision. All right, after you've communicated with the Lord and you know what He's calling you to, now it's communicating it. Right, having better conversations, helping people to know where you're going and why. Especially if you're making some decisions in your parish that are difficult. For example, changing the the pay structure, right? How are we doing fees for our classes that we offer? Uh, maybe it's changing parental involvement, all of which I've done. How do we cast that vision in a way and communicate it intentionally in a way that people can come along with us on this journey of faith? 
The third one then is just any crucial conversation you need to have. And we can all think of examples, some of them really big, right? I've had conversations with pastors about how our meetings are ineffective, right? And that's not always an easy conversation to have. But also smaller ones, like why, why do we keep running into these scheduling errors where everybody's booked for the same room at the same time? You know, these little minutia and frustration that can come up. So better conversations. The other one is having better space, right? Preparing better for the things that you need to do. And this can be office time. We're going to talk about how to structure office time, office space. Maybe your space is actually getting in the way of your ministry. Um, Your team structure, how to run meetings, how to even look at your budget and, and emphasize the things that need to be emphasized. Um, how to maybe do away with some of the things that don't need to be there. And then finally, just the ways that you communicate, right? The infrastructure of your communication. So what tools and resources do you have to share the critical information with your parishioners? Uh, finally, the third pillar is just building a better you, right? It's it's becoming a better professional. It's becoming a holier person. And, and some of the ways we're going to lean into that is through prayer and fasting, right? What, is, what role does that play in your ministry? Um, goal setting. How do you look at the things that you, you know you need to accomplish, that you've been asked to accomplish? How do we streamline some of that? How do we measure that and grow? You know, I know for me, one of the frustrations when I was new in ministry is having professional reviews with my employer. And they even said, they're like, we're really not sure how to develop you. Because you're in ministry. <laughs> and, uh, it was at a school. And so like for teachers, it's very well regulated. You know, you do this and this and this and this. And we know that you've done your job. For ministry, it's different because the numbers work differently. Because it's not something you just track in pure numbers or develop a curriculum for necessarily. So how do we set goals to, to grow our ministries and to grow ourselves? Um, different leadership development tools that you can use that can help you to set those goals. And then my favorite, and I think one of the best tools you have in your belt as a Catholic ministry professional, is having a Google It mindset. If you've got an issue, something that's a frustration that you've got, Google it. (laughs) You could probably find a simple solution, a four to five minute video that'll teach you how to do those things. And I've I've done that to settle all kinds of issues, whether they're um, how how do we control our lighting in our nave. We've got this high-tech system, but nobody knows how to run it because the people who installed it, they're not here, you know, and nobody else or the person who was on staff who ran it, now maybe they moved on to another job. So all of those things, right? Those three different pillars, better conversations, better space, and then developing a better you, a better professional. These are things we're going to talk about. We're going to share a lot of our own stories as well um, and how we've entered into some of these difficult conversations, how we've tried to improve the way we work, and then ultimately how we seek to pursue Christ to become the saints that he's called us to be today. So should we move on to our favorite segment, potentially? Yeah, I really feel like this is going to be a game changer. Uh, Part of this podcast isn't so much pointing a finger and saying, here's where you're doing this wrong, or here's where you should improve here. We want to really take on this negativity or these excuses. So this next segment is called the devil's advocate. And really we're going to bring up an issue that everybody runs into, or maybe it's one you'd never heard of. It's some small parish that uh, really is the only one that deals with it. So with the devil's advocate this week, 
I'm going to bring up that, hey, it's just, that gift's not something that gave, God gave me. You know, I can only do what I can, then I trust the Holy Spirit to do the rest. How would you respond? My response would be ultimately that in your baptism, you were anointed priest, prophet, and king. And these are the three essential things that all of us need to fulfill the, the, the call that God has put on our hearts. Um, you know, I think about parenting, right? So let's take it away from just the professional field. Any other area that you've been called to, parenting. Um, I've got three kids, all four and under, and they are all at um, aggravating stages of development. <laughs> and uh, God anointed me priest, prophet, and king in my baptism. He placed me priest, prophet, and king over my family. And so what would you respond if I said, yeah, I get that. You know one thing I'm not good at? Patience. I'm just not even going to bother being patient with my kids. You need to listen, and you need to listen right now. Well, my son is four years old. My daughter is three. My youngest daughter is a month old. And you can imagine if I just went up to them every time and I was like, no, you just need to listen. And I didn't take the time to explain those things patiently to them so that they could even understand what what it means to be patient. So in every area of our lives, yes, we have things we're naturally good at, things we're naturally um, gifted in, things God has given us, specifically charisms. And I would say, yes, lean into those as much as you can, but it doesn't exempt you from growing in the areas that are required for you to be exceptional at your job, right? Especially when we're talking professionally, right? And I, you know, you, you see it with, with pastors, you see it with um, DREs, you see it with volunteers. They say, well, that's not really my thing. Well, it needs to be. Okay, you, you need to give it some consideration. You need to continue to grow. Um, I, I've seen volunteers that um, they step in and, and they're just, they're very blunt, you know, and they just say things how they are. And they say, well, this is who I am. This is what I do. I'm like, yeah, but that's not always the best way to evangelize someone or to show them the love of Christ. Sometimes you have to be very gentle and patient. Sometimes you have to be kind and generous, right? These are things and gifts that he gives us even through the Spirit. So, for someone who says, you know, this isn't my gift, it's not really what I'm strong at, right? Maybe goal setting isn't your thing. It, it has to be, right? God deserves this most excellent effort on your part. You have to give consideration, right? If you know where he's leading you, but you don't do anything to walk that direction, well, you're doing a disservice to the Lord. So we have an obligation, right? Because of our office as priest, prophet, and king, especially given the, the call on our hearts and in our lives to witness and minister in the church, we have an obligation to grow in the skills that allow us to do that more effectively, more efficiently. Because yes, we deal with the heavenly plane. And I think if you are as holy as St. Francis, that's probably all you got to do. But if you're like me and you're not quite there yet, you might have to do some skills building along the way. Amen? Amen. Do you think uh, you have any examples from the good book, the Bible? I have a feeling that you've got something off the top of your mind that you're thinking about. (laughs) Well, just looking at, you know, Moses in Exodus 14, 14, and it talks about the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. And then what does he do? (laughs) Immediately, God tells them to move, you know, the the parting (laughs) of the seas and doing all of these things. Even God himself Jesus, the, the, the man God himself, 
is still, yes. He goes off into the desert to pray and really get focused into the ministry. But then what does he do? He goes out and he preaches. He heals. You know, he forgives sins. He's doing all of these things. He's not just sitting there saying, all right, come to me. Who's next? Oh, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Gentiles. I'm going to sit right here. No, he's moving. He's doing something. And I think, too, it's a sense of slothness just to say, it's who I am. I'm not going to change. You look at St. Paul, even, when he's evangelizing the pagans, the Gentiles. You know, the one thing he says is, you know, I see that you are a very religious people. I mean, these are pagans he's talking to. So he's meeting them where they're at and then doing more for the sake of the kingdom. Not just, ah, I did enough. I volunteered. I showed up. You know, my wife told me to be here or my husband told me to be here. I'm only here because my kid's in here and I want to make sure that brat is paying attention or whatever it is. I think there is a sense of sloth in the statement, it's who I am. I can't change. Amen, amen. Yeah, the scripture is full of of stories where um, God says to trust him and just to lean on him, but he also tells you to do something. And, and so just responding in a way that says yes, and then go and do the thing, which I think propels us right into our, our one of the last segments of our show, which is there's got to be an actionable step. As we continue in this journey, as we have this conversation about becoming better Catholic ministry professionals, we need to look at our, ourselves. We need to not just talk about the ideas, but we need to, and we want to provide actionable steps with every episode. What is something you can do right now that can help you to start getting the ball rolling and creating and building a more efficient ministry, hopefully building a more thriving church community in general? Amen? Amen. So this week's actionable step, we want to look, we want you to look at the things that cause you your regular ministry headaches, um, you know whatever they might be, and they could be scheduling things, they might be um, conversations that get pushed to the side, decisions that need to be made that get bottlenecked somewhere and never made. Uh, this first step, really simple, is just as you recognize those as you encounter them and you start feeling maybe that urge to to complain or just that frustration that you know I, I for me my my temperature it seems like my internal temperature starts to ride uh, rise and I and I have trouble focusing on anything but this annoyance that's in front of me whatever that stumbling block is um, just start making lists of those and and assess kind of kind of think about where they might overlap a little bit because what you might find is that there's um, that there's a key component that if you can address that one key component, maybe it can start to settle and start to lower some of those frustrations. Uh, maybe it can even wipe out an entire stumbling block. But just start making lists um, and, and think about how they're interrelated and maybe what you might do. And the other thing I would say then is take them to prayer. Lord, this, this, and this, and this are really frustrating for me. One, I'm going to offer it up. I'm going to try real hard not to complain. Two, Lord, if there's a solution, send your Holy Spirit now and, and help me to, um, to work on this with you, right? If, and maybe it's a conversation you need to have with someone, you know, cultivate their heart, Lord, you know, prepare, the, prepare, prepare that soil before I even approach them. So yeah, the first actionable step, 
Just start making lists of those things that frustrate you. If nothing else, hopefully it can get it out of your head and down on paper so you can deal with it more pragmatically. Yeah, I'd actually take it one step further. I'd actually pray a novena because it's intentional. It's not just one prayer or one, you know, 10-minute session in front of the Blessed Sacrament of the, the Eucharist. It's, I'm going to pray for it nine days in a row. And Lord, I'm giving it to you. Versus just, uh, I'm so frustrated, like you talk about the temperature rising in you. So I'm going to go in holy righteousness into adoration and pray at one time. I, I actually recommend doing a novena on whatever is super frustrating and allow it time. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I, I like the idea of that because things like frustration, anger, right? God, God gives us these emotions, uh, which in and of themselves aren't, aren't sinful. Um, he gives us these emotions, hopefully, to spur us, um, to draw us unto himself. So instead of that frustration, that anger, whatever it might be that you feel, um, obviously, you know, those are the ones that I struggle with because I keep mentioning them. Uh, but when it, when you start to feel that rising, trying to rewire your brain so you don't go and complain to your coworker, right? You get out of a, an awful, awful meeting where nothing happened and, you know, your, your pastor and your coworkers were just uh, gossiping about parishioners. And then you want, like, immediately you want to go talk to your other coworker who finds that annoying and you just end up doing the exact same thing. Instead, what if we retrained ourselves that when we feel that specific temptation into gossip or into frustration or just to dwell in our anger, what if instead that flipped the switch for us so we knew, I have to go to the Lord right now. I have to give this thing to the Lord right now. I like that, Ty. That's a good addition. Yep. Go complain to somebody that can actually make change. Well, that's it for today, guys. Uh, we hope you enjoy listening. Thank you for being a part of the Catholic Ministry Professionals podcast. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the show. If you found today's show helpful or inspiring, please share it with a friend in Catholic ministry and leave us a five-star review if you could. It helps others to find uh, find out about the podcast. And hopefully, if we're helping you, we can help others. This is just the start of the conversation, and it's going to grow from here. Uh, if you have a chance, visit the website at catholicministryprofessionals.com. And if you want to give us some feedback or share a story that you think might be helpful to other Catholic ministry professionals, we'd love to share it here on the show. Thank you for watching. We'll see you in the vineyard.